too sure why really I've been a bit starved for content and um, I always said to myself I didn't want to be like those typical podcasters who just make well described as pointless content just to keep up appearances the podcast is more for me and my ancestors ancestors no that's the the opposite that's the opposite of ancestors people that come after you I don't remember now what's the word it might come to me later but it's more for those people so if there's nothing of value that I have to say to them in my opinion I just probably won't make one but I do feel like there's something worth worth saying now of value so that's hence why I'm recording hello to everyone hope you're having a great summer I looked it up and the opposite of ancestors is descendants which I guess that captures what I'm trying to say but maybe not really but I am currently recording this on my last night in Florence I traveled Italy this is my first time traveling outside Nigeria or the UK well I was in Libya for like five hours when I was coming to the UK but I guess that counts also, but I guess first European trip then officially, but um, yeah, it's been quite eye-opening, interesting, I didn't want to, you know, it wasn't like I started off to do a travel blog, but it's something quite significant in my life, so I, I thought it was worth sharing to, to the future, so I'll just be giving, you know, a few takeaways from the trip, how it was, what I enjoyed, what I didn't quite enjoy, things like that. And um, stay tuned, enjoy. This is my second trip since June. I went to Nigeria in June. And one thing I found again, traveling in the COVID era, the airports are always very quiet. I thought the traffic would have been, you know, much higher by now, but the airport was, it was like there was no one there. You wouldn't even know it was a functioning airport. You would think it was like under construction or something, you know, it's very strange. But I did everything, checked in. I was running because they said they had the last call for boarding. Because I was sitting around. I didn't want to get there too early. So somehow I ended up being late. But we boarded. The plane was nice and empty. So I chose my own seats. Nice and near the window. But the sights and the, it wasn't as great as you know what I was expecting. We went into the clouds pretty quickly. I guess because it was a pretty short flight. It was only two hours. So... That made sense, so I didn't get to take one of those um those um window pictures and things like that. We landed in Florence. I was I mean I did, I didn't feel nervous, but it was only when I landed that I realized that you know I don't really speak any Italian, not even a respectable amount, like the way Italian people can speak a respectable amount of English. Kind of made me realize you know <laughs> that was one of the first things I noticed, the snobbiness of of English people. We're the only ones that don't really try to learn the language. A lot of people here seem like it's mandatory for them. I mean, there's not a lot of English speakers, but definitely their English will be better than our Italian. The average Italian person's English is better than the average English person's Italian. So I thought that was a bit funny, I guess you could say. So, um, got a cab. (laughs) They don't have Uber here, oddly enough. They don't have Uber, they don't have Bolt. Kind of strange. So I had to just get a cab outside the airport. I 
guess like how people used to do back in the day but um the driver got lost but we eventually found a way thankfully because my friend spoke italian so he helped us out there but um got to the b&b and it was closed because the reception closes at six o'clock or nine o'clock i think they said someone let me in the first thing i noticed about the room was the tv was much smaller than i thought <laughs> i actually brought my kindle fire stick because i do enjoy watching stuff sports and stuff even when i'm away but sadly i mean i'm watching stuff now i'm actually watching boxing right now but the tv's much smaller than they brought like a you know one of those 14 inch monitors not the best but that's about it for the first day over the, the, the next few days i tried to go to as many museums as possible another observation about italy's museums aren't free i guess the only logic i can think of is because unlike the uk where we don't have that many museums like we have to you know the ones we have like they know i guess again this is probably me being very a snobby londoner italy actually has provinces and things like that you know florence which is where i visited is in tuscany so they have sicily and you know all these other places whereas for us as londoners of even people in england generally london's kind of the center of the universe in our opinion so when i think of museums in london I think of the british museum national history imperial war museum things like that they're all free so i was a bit confused as to why every museum we went to we had to pay so the average was about seven to eight euros which is not bad but again that's money i could be spending on something else so it wasn't great and also because florence is one of those places where it seems like there's not much to do but go to historic buildings which again i'd love to do and i did enjoy doing but it kind of in a way left you wanting more like every day you wake up is just to walk around and look at the buildings which is nice to do in association with other things but not as like the sole cause of the day. So you do get, also get the sense when you walk around Italy that it's like a, well, I guess maybe I should say Florence. I don't know. I haven't been to the rest of Italy. But it's like a place trapped in time. All the buildings are really ancient and massive. For some reason, every door, every house door is like a manor, like a palace. The doors are like three times taller than the average person. Very, very confusing stuff. And every building is like that. It's almost like being around like central London and walking past those, you know, those ancient buildings. Except every building is like that. Again, when you go inside, it's like a normal apartment. But I'm literally in my bed right now and the ceiling is so high. Like, you can probably fit another room on top of the room I'm in right now. Even the ceiling to the bathroom is pretty high. So, I'm not sure why that is, but apparently that's how it is in every building, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess high ceilings are, you know, kind of desirable it never quite occurred to me that my ceilings wasn't high in london i guess so that was something and you know, when you walk around on the streets and stuff a lot of the roads especially when you go into like close to the city centers they are um they're very you know there's a lot of like just brickwork so it's not like paved with you know tar and things like that which again gives you a very ancient vibe it makes you feel like you know you can really try and imagine i wish there was like a surface where you could plug in your earphones and be listening to someone just describe the city to you as you walk around it 
It's not even necessarily describing to you the monuments and things, but just describing to you, you know, like things about Florence that's interesting because you want to be able to submerge yourself almost like a Assassin's Creed or something as you're walking around thinking, you know, people five, six, seven hundred years ago walked on these same floors because for, for the most part, it doesn't seem like they've, you know, there's any renovation being done. Those things are just lasted. So walking around thinking of, you know, people that have walked around those places, you know, and I think it's more interesting when you think about people that are nobodies that have walked around it. You know, they've died and, you know, no one really remembers them with their family, but you're walking the same floor as them. And I could have been something really, really interesting about them that not a lot of people knew, but when you walk on the floor, you get the sense that, you know, you're kind of stepping into their power, as it were. You know, and Florence was home to a lot of, you know, well, a lot of important historical figures. Machiavelli, Dante, Da Vinci. So it's, it's a very, um, Michelangelo as well. So that, that you know, that's, that's, those are very, very important historical figures. So you can't imagine, wow, you're in the same city as them. If only there was something to constantly remind you of them. But, um, I guess maybe I should make that service. Who knows? Or if someone's listened to this and is interested in making that into a service, please do. Also, again, because it's my first European trip, two minor things I didn't realize. They use the European three pin plugs, which I mean, I couldn't charge my phone, but luckily the hotel had an adapter. I mean, that didn't even occur to me that, again, I guess it's more of a, you know, <laughs> European arrogance as Brits that we all use, you know, we use the three pin system that's quite different to their three pin system. Apparently, a lot of all of Europe uses that system, but I didn't really realize that. And um, also, they drive on the other side of the road. I guess we drive on the other side of the road because everyone else drives <laughs> on the side they drive on. So we're the unique ones in that way. But that was something I kept sometimes in terms of crossing the road. I'll walk towards the roundabout and I'm like, whoa, the car's coming. But then the car goes the other side. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the car's not coming this way. But um, that was kind of interesting. And... Um, yeah, that, those are just minor things again nothing that didn't really affect the journey the, the trip majorly so in terms of things i did i went to quite a few museums so i went to the da vinci museum i went to a museum which, which was curated by a guy called frederick stebert or stebert i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly but i think the stebert museum was probably the best i went to because that was the one it was basically a collection of just war you know, historical war stuff. And it was actually stuff that was worn by, you know, other people. Which just made it so much more fascinating. So, like, you're standing in front of of a, you know, a helmet or, like, you know, full armour. And, you know, description tells you it was worn by, you know, an actual 15th century soldier. And it was found buried somewhere, you know, a few hundred years after the war. And so the guy collected it and put it in a museum. So you can just really imagine the life of standing in front of something that was that was you know worn by someone you know actual person four five hundred years ago that's kind of incredible and it really gives you a flavor into like how war was fought back then you know how what kind of stuff they wore how they looked you know it was very very i think the best museums are the ones that make you you know feel the most immersed in the culture of you know what they're showing you in the experience and that's really what I got at that museum. I felt really a part of it. Like, you know, I could really imagine this happening. Like, people charging at each other. There was um, waxworks of the horses and the cavalry. And and again, it was all different types of cultures. So there was Japanese type of um, 
um, weapons and you know things like that. There was the the Turkish armies and the Crusades, the Italians. You know, it was very very diverse range of collection, and it was really really wonderful to see. I do have a shared album which I put all the pictures and videos that I took into. So if you just random person you're interested in seeing those, by all means just hit me up and you know I can add you to the album and you can see the pictures and videos for yourself. So that was the Frederick Stiebert Museum of Frederick Stiebert, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. So then I went to um the Galileo Museum, which that was also something very special because first of all that museum contained stuff not just from Galileo but also from you know other different historical figures. But also it kind of shows you how the the intelligentsia of, of past years specialization is is a very recent thing i guess that makes sense now because we do have a lot of knowledge on, on certain things so i guess you have you have people like chomsky and stuff that go into different branches but galileo was just he had his fingers in every pie and he just it does just give you an appreciation of how intelligent you have to be to you know invent and to be creative and to be knowledgeable and advance so many different fields simultaneously. It's, it's something quite incredible. You know, there was stuff there about an anatomy. He literally, he literally tried to, um, what do you call it, understand the human body. There was stuff he did on physics. There was stuff he did on astronomy. And again, just, just so many things that there was, there was um, collections there on this astronomy stuff. And I just do. I still don't understand how someone that you know that didn't have any history of it just figured out how to you know draw these maps and how to understand you know the celestial bodies and the galaxies and all these things and to do it to such a high degree of accuracy with none of the kind of technological things we have now. I mean that was just that was special. There was a particular one on inclined planes, which is more the physics side, which I love because I remember us doing inclined planes. When I was studying physics at A level, so there was an actual um, um, design that was actually one of his original designs of how to basically how he found out that gravity is constant for every object falling down towards the Earth's surface, you know, and the idea of the gravitational attraction, that kind of stuff was just kind of mind blowing, and um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. There was a lot of stuff there on clocks. And there was also, and the other thing was, it wasn't only Galileo stuff. It was also stuff with Viviani and John Harwood and just a lot of people that just did big, big things. But a lot of it was, I think the biggest part of it was the astronomy stuff. But I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. That was, again, one of the things where you kind of realise, like, this is why we do this, this is why we want to travel. And there was actually also Galileo's literal finger in the museum, like his index index finger and a thumb and the tooth of his. So again, just seeing that kind of stuff kind of reminded, you know, you're literally standing in front of his body. I just wanted to touch it a little bit, just to see, you know, just to touch someone so great. Maybe I can, you know, by osmosis, acquire some of that greatness. There was a, the early telescopes how you know the, how they were designed and some of some of the actual original designs from you know, sixteen hundreds they were they were right there, so that was also something that was very exciting to see. The early stuff on anatomy was there, 
how people started to, you know, understand how, you know, again, the way they did it back then was just cadavers and studying dead bodies, which is not much different. I mean, now we probably have technology like MRIs and stuff to understand it, but that was, again, very, very interesting stuff. So that was about, yeah, that was that was it, really, at the Galileo Museum. The museum, another museum I went to was the Da Vinci Interactive Museum. Now, this one, I'm not going to be honest, I'm going to be honest, I was a bit disappointed by it did have a lot of Da Vinci's um designs. So you know Da Vinci was a crazy mad innovator that tried to you know invent different things and they had some of the the models there. So not the actual original designs but like some of the models. But somehow I just wasn't that impressed. A lot of them didn't really do much. It was basically just almost like someone that just had a lot of time on his hands to design stuff and he would always just say, Oh let me just try this if it works. So some of it was very underwhelming and there wasn't a lot of you know i didn't really get a lot of inspiration from that you know there there was the sense that you know this guy was again was a genius so he was involved in many things but for some reason that particular um curation didn't really give you that sense of it there was a lot of stuff to play with like there was a bridge that you could build there was a lot of his you know his inventions the early winged you know flying things parachute early inventions of parachutes and all that kind of stuff you know his knowledge of maths and physics and just how the world works for that era must have been utterly just mind-blowing but again it wasn't giving you that sense of like whoa this is amazing you just kind of felt a bit like okay well this is fair enough so i was a bit disappointed by that one i'll be honest that wasn't really the best there was a there was a there was an Egyptian collection I could have gone to see and I went to this instead. This I guess it's an open question if I if I regret it or not. I mean, while the weather was really really amazing the whole time I've been here, one thing that I was a bit disappointed about was the fact that there's no beaches around Florence or anywhere close. So you you just kind of left a bit. And I guess it's probably be a bit like someone visiting London, isn't it? If you visit London and you stay in like, you know, Hackney or something, if you don't really know London, you don't really know England, you don't know that your nearest beach is like South End or, you know, you don't even know you're in Brighton, probably South End. Is there another one closer? I'm not sure, I can't remember that. But, you know, I guess I don't have that knowledge of the area, so if you were to just do that, it would have been nice if there was more like just a train away or something. Because it seemed like a waste of the weather to just, you know, in the city the whole time every day and the city center is very very beautiful because again the, the whole city has like an historic vibe so there's a massive church right in the middle of the city and i took some great pictures there and you know that was where people work most of the time so there's, there's a lot to see there a lot of you know again historic stuff ancient buildings and things like that but i guess if that's the kind of trip you want then yes of course that's beautiful but for me, it was like the first few days, I'd have been fine doing that. But then I'd like to do it, with, you know, as well as doing something more active, you know. But I guess this makes sense to do like, you know, activities like mini golf and stuff that you could do in London anyway. That would make much sense. So essentially, it was basically sightseeing for the whole time, which kind of meant, you know, I was here for five days. I could have been here more, maybe three days, I guess, maybe. I'm complaining the trip was still well worth it in the end but just being thorough in my analysis 
I would have preferred to be able to do something a bit more active as well. So, uh, you know, active in the sense of still in line with, you know, taking in the whole culture of the place, but also, you know, something just a bit more adrenaline inducing than just going to museums and seeing historical stuff every day.